This episode of WhatsApp Araling Panlipunan Rebooted is powered by PLDT Home Biz. Get fiber-fast connection for your biz at home. There is a magic potion that when you brew it, releases an incredible aroma. It makes you sociable in the morning, gives you energy, and historically, it's a chosen drink of scholars and activists. And the beans used to make this potion are grown right here in the Philippines. That's right. Today, we're talking about coffee. Coffee is an essential part of our everyday lives. At least, it's definitely an essential part of mine. Don't get in between my coffee and I in the morning. I also love a good coffee, especially with suman or other kakanin and pastries. Coffee has been a part of Philippine life since the 1700s, and the Philippines is part of the Bean Belt, a.k.a. that part of the world between certain latitudes that are the only parts of the world where coffee can be grown, which makes us part of an exclusive club. But while most of us first learn about coffee through 3-in-1 sachets at the Sari Sari store, college vending machines, or as the partner to drive through breakfasts, there's so much more to discover about its history, the art of specialty coffee in the present day, and the future of where our industry is headed. So tune in. It's time to wake up and smell the coffee. Welcome to WhatsApp, Araling Panlipunan Rebooted, the podcast that looks at Philippine history with fresh eyes. I'm Siege Tantenko, reporter, history nerd, and while I enjoy specialty coffee shops, I also used to pour coffee made creamer straight from the sachet into my mouth as a child. I am so sorry. And I'm Sab Schnabel, a historian and a comedian who has worked for Carlos Saldran, the National Museum of the Philippines, and the Guggenheim in Venice. And I would never judge you because I grew up drinking vanilla frappuccinos and calling them baby coffee. Yep, everyone's welcome here. Whether you take your coffee black or with loads of cream and syrup or somewhere in between, it's definitely much yummier when paired with a hefty serving of history. Let's get started with the Pearl of the Orientation. Before we get to the Philippines, let's learn about coffee as a whole. Coffee is said to have originated from a region in Ethiopia called Kefa. We emphasize the is said to have because this is based on oral tradition. According to the legend that a goat herder named Kaldi let his goats graze on coffee berries and they started dancing. So, Kaldi tried the berries himself, loved them, and then went to tell the local priests of his new find. They took one look at his jittery, over-caffeinated demeanor and cast the berries into the fire, saying they were the work of the devil. But the fire roasted the beans and let loose the aroma of coffee. And, well, you know what coffee smells like when it's roasting. It's a rather fantastical tale, but what is sure is that in the Ethiopian plateau, there is a tradition of consuming the coffee plant. According to the podcast Gastropod, the leaves were made into a tea called kuti, and the coffee seeds, which we would call beans, were turned into a sort of proto-energy bar. Eventually, someone thought to try boiling those seeds and voila, coffee was born. Through trade routes, it was later brought to the Arabian Peninsula. In the present day, that includes Yemen, Saudi Arabia, and more. It was popular, but also controversial. In Mecca in 1511, it was banned by conservative leaders because of its stimulating properties. But that ban was later overturned in 1524. The word we use today, coffee, can be traced back to Arabic influence. 
It entered the English language via the Dutch word coffee, that's K-O-F-F-I-E, which is derived from a Turkish word, kave, and that word comes from the Arabic kahwa. Then the magic brew made its way to Europe around the 17th century, and coffee houses sprung up everywhere, especially around college campuses. These coffee houses were sometimes called penny universities because you could buy a coffee for a penny and then listen to college students and lecturers debate about philosophy, literature, or the issues of the day. Coffee houses became places of revolutionary talk because they were basically equalizers. Anyone could go into a coffee house and have a cup of coffee. But it's important to note that the coffee at this time was basically sludge. It was crudely made and rarely fresh. It was also reheated. We might think that's unappetizing, but the people of the 1700s still lapped it up. George Washington drank coffee. Thomas Jefferson called it the favorite drink of the civilized world. So that's how coffee got its big break. But how did it get to the Philippines? Well, get ready for a field trip to the Katha Lifestyle Store in Cubao Expo to meet the coffee experts. Actually, funny thing with the cul- um, culture of coffee drinking sa mga Pinoy's is, um, yun nga kung makita yung silog sa morning, mahilig magkapi ang Pinoy ng with salty food. Kasi nas na-enhance ng salty food yung experience nito. Hi, I'm Iron Yavore. So, I'm the owner and green sourcer for Trails and Traces Coffee Roasters. And I'm also four years now in the coffee industry and six years in total in the food industry. Um, I source directly from the farms, curate their farms, and up until it gets to the cow. So, and I'm also a licensed Q processor, level one, uh, governed by the Coffee Quality Institute of Colombia. Being a licensed Q processor means Aaron is familiar with the language and science of coffee processing and how it affects flavor, which is why he can also act like a sommelier, but for coffee. And on top of that, He's also brimming with knowledge on the history of coffee in the Philippines. So how coffee started or got here in the Philippines in the first place is through the Galleon trade in the Spanish era um, from the U.S. But it all came from Mexico through the trading of the Spaniards to the Americans. And it got to the Philippines through um, Batangas port. So that's why Batangas is the famous site for coffee. There's a clue in our Filipino word for coffee as to where it came from. Cape coming from the Spanish café, indicates that the Spanish brought coffee to the Philippines. So coffee was brought to our shores and took to our soil like a duck to water. Remember when we told you about the bean belt? Here's the exact location. So it's already 25 degrees north from the equator and 35 degrees south of the equator. The Philippines is squarely in the bean belt. And on our soil, you'll find the four main types of coffee. Arabica, Robusta, Excelsa, and Liberica. If you've ever wondered what makes them all unique from one another, here's someone to help Aaron break it down. Hi, I'm Brian Garrido. I'm the owner of Connector Coffee. I, I've been in the coffee industry for four years almost. Uh, I started out as an enthusiast, but uh, it led me to have a business out of it. Now I get to teach people as well. So, sa Arabica is like relative to the other three, no? higher acidity, more tea-like, 
in a way, That's... mas complex, so you get a lot of more exciting flavors. Yung body is thinner, so like yung mouthfeel, medyo mas thin. So yun, sa Arabica. Sa Robusta naman. Sa Robusta naman, usually it's um, very generic in tea. So yung Robusta coffee mo is yung ginagamit for instant coffee, nutty, chocolate. So next naman, Iberica. Very pungent, fermenty mga coffees na. So mga overripe fruits, jackfruit notes, mga intense notes siya. Kaya rin na siya na sabihin na barako. Kasi very pungent siya in terms of taste. Then, lastly, yung Excelsa. Actually, heavily debated yung Excelsa kasi if it's a variety on its own or a sub-varietal of Liberi. Kasi almost similar sila, pero sweeter lang ng onti si Excelsa. So, ang Excelsa is around 0.5-0.4% ng world production. Sobrang late. According to the Philippine Coffee Board, we're one of the few countries that can grow these four main types. So, for a while, we were growing coffee for export. Lipa, Batangas was especially known for its coffee. The Philippines even had a huge coffee boom. In the late 1800s, a blight swept across the coffee-growing world that shriveled up plants and attacked cherries. It was caused by the fungus Hemilea vastatrix that started to ransack the coffee crops throughout the Americas and Asia. Nagkaroon ng coffee rust. So, majority of the growers at that time, 1850s to 1900s, is the Brazilian coffees, Latin American countries. So, nung natamaan sila ng coffee rust, basically, back to zero sila lahat. And we're the last country na tamaan ito. From the late 1880s to the early 1890s, we were safe from the coffee rust. So, what happened? Why aren't we the major coffee producers today? After a few golden years during which importers and traders got their coffee from other regions outside Latin America, basically us, the coffee rust came for us too. In 1900s and 1920s, naka-regenerate na ulit yung um, mga Latin American countries. May nakagawa na sila ng mas resistant um, strain ng Arabica na, na nakakombat against coffee rust. Bumalik lahat ng mga traders to the original um, coffee-growing countries. Um, we resorted back to coconut. So, kaya um, lahat ng mga coffee trees pinagpuputol, then pumasok ang coffee. So, kaya ngayon, sobrang dami natin coffee. We've never regained that spot as one of the top exporters. But even if the first golden age is over, maybe we can have another one. What would a new golden age look like? Maybe it's not about quantity, as in the volume of how much we export, but rather the quality. How good can we get our coffee to be? Pre-pandemic, 70% of your coffee consumers here in the Philippines either consume instant coffee or commercial-based. So basically, your Starbucks, that is best. Up until mga um, ready-to-drink coffees. And yung 30% is basically your household consumers, mga beans, mga ground coffee, and yung mga specialty coffee drinkers and home brewers. Specialty coffee is gourmet coffee of the highest caliber. On a scale of 1 to 100, 100 being the best coffee possible, specialty coffee scores an 80 or higher. There is a governing body called the Specialty Coffee Association that grades coffees and slaps that label of specialty coffee on the back. During the pandemic, bilang na-stock na lahat ng mga tao sa bahay, sobrang napansin namin yung growth ng home brewers. Nakita namin yung growth ng, in terms of sales ng, ng whole beans and grounded coffee. Ng, parang na-realize na parang sobrang na to the usual. Maybe an example would be uh, the beans I offer now in Connector. I wouldn't be offering that way back pre-pandemic. Those prices, I wouldn't be able to sell that. But now, I could sell them easily because people appreciate it. See, the pandemic wasn't all just Dalgona coffee. 
Without access to their usual coffee shops, many Filipinos decided to pick up brewing coffee as a hobby and fell down the rabbit hole of new insights and debunked misconceptions. So for this present, um, we bring notion kasi siya sa atin na parang espresso is very harsh, very intense. But here, yung espresso, kaya niyo siyang ma-enjoy as is. Papunta pa lang tayo sa exciting part, the tasting. Stay tuned. Is it just me or is everyone crankier before coffee? Definitely not just you. And while I'm happy with a simple brew, I'm also glad to learn from roasters and local coffee shops that share their expertise online. True. Small coffee shops can make a big impact by taking things online, not just through marketing, but also connecting with suppliers and processing orders. Everything is easier with the internet. And with PLDT Home Biz Plan 2099, mini aren't just getting 100 Mbps of internet. They also get a free backup prepaid Wi-Fi unit and access to e-commerce partner solutions to keep their businesses running smoothly. Find out how you can give your mini a boost and earn better at home from www.pldthome.com biz. And now, back to the episode. Have you ever had a cup of coffee that changed your life? Every single morning. (laughs) No, I mean, fundamentally changed how you look at coffee. This is what Aaron and Brian call the wow cup. Wow cup for me is the time that I translate from commercial coffee or casual coffee. Brian's Wow Cup led him to starting his own business, Connector Coffee. So my Wow Cup started uh, from a roaster in Cebu. The origin is from uh, Guji, Ethiopia. It's from Moromora Estate. Moromora Estate is the farm. Uh, good friend Gio, who's a dozen of Good Cup, brought it here. Uh, they roasted it way back 2018. And then I bought a kilo. I didn't know that it was going to be my walk-up, I just bought a kilo. Uh, got it shipped here from Cebu, brought it, smelled the bag. It smelled like red gummy bears. The smell was red gummy bears and then I brewed it. I wasn't too good at touring at that time. I tasted peaches, like three peaches, uh, black tea, yeah, it was just exploding in my mind. And I finished the whole kilo in probably like, what, less than a month? And then after that, I just fell in love with everything. And when Aaron discovered his Wow Cup in 2018, he was working as a corporate food scientist. Yung Wow Cup ko actually when I was um, research and developing for my corporate work about coffee, like, talagang reverse engineering ko yung book supply chain ng coffee. I tasted a lot of um, espressos, I tasted a lot of coffees, very intense, very chocolatey. But may some coffee shop kapag ito, sarado na sa mga how can a coffee taste like cheesecake, you may ask? Like Aaron and Brian said, Tasting is believing. So we started out a long, yummy tasting session with two cups, the same beans from the same batch of roasting, 
but prepared in two ways. So the notes we're looking for in the espresso are berry notes and chocolate notes. But for the cortado, we're looking for cheesecake notes! The beans are a blend of coffee sourced from three different regions. Kaya dinilagay namin yung three origins, may rolls sila. So the Brazil is the base, so usually yung notes ng Brazil is chocolatey, nutty, brown sugar. Then yung Mexico is more of a glue guy dyan sa tatlo na siya yung sweetness, siya yung um, smoothness and syrupy na body. Then yung Ethiopia, nandun yung mga berry notes naman. So. Oh, it's yum. Oh, that's really good. I I wish I had a more sophisticated palate so I could <laughs> be like I taste the berry the berries. Galing. It's it's parang if you grew up drinking uh yung instant or something. I think that's where we get the the conception nga na pag hindi mo siya hinaluan. Mapait lang siya. Yeah, coffee is bitter. Oh, tapos yung I want to try the cheesecake now. Okay, okay. okay. You first. You okay, first. cheesecake. Yeah, it's the it's the foaminess and the creaminess. Yeah, it's really milky. I mean, this does I get the cheesecakiness. Like if you drink you if you eat your Basque burnt cheesecake, it's, like it's very yeah. Basque burnt cheesecake. Yeah. Straight out the gate, we were shook by the complex flavor profiles that coffee can have. Coffee is both a science and an art. Every change matters. This is when the duo bust out a thick hardcover book titled The Physics of Filter Coffee, written by astrophysicist Jonathan Gagné. So basically, sobrang in-depth niya na science analysis ng physics of coffee talaga. How water interacts how important the, the flow rate, how important the material of the coffee filter up until makarating yung temperature ng vessel. Also, the size of the particles, mm. uh, what kind of steel you're using for your grinder, why you shouldn't be using like ceramic burrs for grinding, you should be using steel, ganyan, how high you pour mm. your kettle, it, it makes a difference. Half a centimeter makes a difference in how much you extract your coffee. We're far past the days of the sludgy, reheated coffee that George Washington was so fond of. Now there's many ways we can have amazing, fresh coffee. And there's a lot of opportunity for the Philippine coffee industry. We are capable of producing the world's best coffee. Ito yung isa sa mga price slots dito sa Philippines, which is yung Mount Apo, Maritas Arellano. So, um, i-expect nyo dyan, uh, bananas, jasmine, cacao nibs. Mount Apo in Mindanao is the origin, and Marites Arellano is the farmer. She was the winner of the 2021 Philippine Coffee Quality Competition. <laughs> oh my gosh, get the banana! <laughs> oh my god, I totally smell the banana in this. <laughs> okay, you would expect na very sweet siya, pero wala akong nilagay na kahit anong sugar. Marites Arellano attributes the quality of her coffee to good agricultural practices, which she learned from the Philippine Coffee Advancement and Farm Enterprise Program, or Phil Cafe. The coffee industry's program should be developed and promoted further, especially since we're already at an advantage. Our coffee can actually weather the effects of climate change. Liberica is the key. 
Yeah. Globally, I think. Yun yung parang blessing in disguise sa atin na marami mm. tayong liberika. So, when that time comes, hopefully not soon, na talagang mag-feel natin yung climate change, medyo masasalba pa tayo ng liberika natin. Because mm. we can now grow liberika in the upper regions naman. Mm. The liberika naman thrives in any Actually, any yung altitude. isa sa mga natikman kong high elevation liberika from Calzada nun, natikman mo uh, yun. Sobrang nagulat kami na kaya niya maglasa na ganyan. Para siyang marasino cherries yung lasa nito. So, marasino cherries and bananas. But having potential and maximizing it are two different things. Our coffee industry faces many challenges, from farmers not getting paid what they deserve to consumers not wanting to pay the price it takes to fuel the industry. So what can we do? Let's start with agriculture. In other countries, farmers receive government support to grow different varietals and increase crop quality and diversity. If you recall our chocolate episode, it's a similar thought. With excellent products, we can position ourselves as makers of fine coffee, price our products at a premium, and thus strengthen the industry. Isang sub-varietal din ng Liberica. Finerment ko siya and naglasa siyang parang rum banana and jackfruit. Na very clean and very sweet nung time oh. na yun. Parang, actually, I sold that coffee ng 500 pesos for 100 grams and it sold out within 30 minutes. Yeah. The government also needs to fully implement the Sagip Saka Act. Signed in 2019 and authored by Senator Kiko Pangilinan. Sobrang in-emphasize niya doon yung farm-to-market roads, which is na experience ko firsthand doon pumunta akong Kibungan, which is four hours away sa, sa Baguio. And I've met a lot of farmers there na parang, oh, gano'ng kadami pa yung yield nyo. So may farm round na kamakos, ah, 30 kilos lang. So parang if you think about it, 30 kilos, ibabiyahe ko going sa Baguio City para ibenta, then babalik pa ako papuntang Kibungan. So that's already 8 hours of traveling na magbebenta ka ng 30 kilos ng coffee. Is it profitable? The Sagip Saka Act also requires local government units and different government agencies to buy directly from farmers and fisher folk cooperatives, therefore avoiding the middlemen and protecting our farmers from unfair pricing. If the current officials would implement it fully, it would make a huge difference in the lives of farmers. As a processor, Aaron does his part by sharing his knowledge with farmers, showing them how valuable their product actually is. Actually, majority of our farmers doesn't know how much their coffee is. They, they also don't know what their coffee tastes like. So every time na pumunta ako sa mga farms, ako mismo nagtitiba ng coffee nila. May malitang roasting machine, dinadala ko doon. Then you roast ko yung coffee nila, and sabi ko, yan yung coffee, period. So, nagkakaroon sila ngayon ng idea na kaya pala yung coffee ko maging ganito. So, doon na sila namumunata. Ang important ko pala sa step ng supply chain. There's a lot more that can be done when the government really puts in the work to develop the market and our agriculture. That's how some of our Asian neighbors are thriving. Another possible solution for that is for the government to invest in formal education and training, plus newer technology, to help our farmers improve their yield. All this will keep our farmers committed to growing coffee instead of cutting them down for cash crops or younger generations leaving the industry for greener pastures. But more profitable crops aren't the only things coffee trees are up against, but real estate and commercial development too. So, as you can see, this is a problem that cuts across multiple sectors and involves government agencies at different levels. These are problems that have been highlighted in a study called The Philippines in the Coffee Global Value Chain, 
which was carried out by Duke University in partnership with USAID and the DTI. And there's the 2017 to 2022 Philippine Coffee Industry Roadmap by the Department of Agriculture and the Department of Trade and Industry. But the Agriculture Department updated the roadmap in 2021, and by the looks of it, many of the problems we just talked about still remain. You might be wondering what we the consumers can do to help. For starters, we can learn more about the coffee we're drinking. A cup of specialty coffee is about the same price as a large milk tea. So if we can spend that amount on milk tea, why not also on coffee that's proudly grown from our soil and roasted and brewed by Filipinos passionate about the craft? Consumers like you and me play a part in the future of the coffee industry. When you understand how much work our farmers, roasters, and brewers put into each cup, you understand why it's not sustainable to expect coffee to cost next to nothing. We have the power to create more demand for quality products and elevate the value of our farmers' produce. Brian and Aaron also suggest looking for responsibly sourced coffee. Basically, rule of thumb, more information on the bag is better. Varietal, sub-region, Medyo nakakagulat na, na some other roasters don't put this or like yung mga commercial, yung roast day. So let's break it down. First, find out if the coffee is Arabica, Robusta, Excelsa, or Liberica. Second, where did the coffee come from? The more specific, the better. If it's from Benguet, which municipality of Benguet did it come from? And if the bag tells you the exact farm and farmer, like what Brian does with the bag's connector coffee cells... That's definitely premium stuff. And lastly, you want to know when it was roasted. Brian says that it's a common misconception that just roasted beans are the best. They need to rest first and release the gases. Coffee is at its tastiest between 10 days to one and a half months after roasting. And as a consumer, it's your right to ask for all of this info. Brew yourself some beans from Connector Coffee or Trails and Traces Coffee. Support small businesses that work directly with farmers. So, if any of you want to learn more, coffee lovers or not, newbies, intermediate people, advanced, you're all welcome to come inside Katha Lifestyle Store and Cafe in Cubao Expo. And if you want to learn more about coffee now very seriously, we're now starting to offer actually face-to-face classes. Mm-hmm. Message us on our social media platforms. Uh, for me, it's on Instagram mainly at Connector Coffee. And for me, Tales and Traces page. Before we wrap up, here's Cuento Corner, where we share a random little bite-sized story from history you might want to know. Have you been to Lipa, Batangas? If you have, you might notice some gorgeous old bahay na bato tucked between modern structures. These are the last remnants of the time when Lipa was a boom town. Like we said earlier in the episode, Early in our coffee production history, it was the center of coffee and it gave rise to the Lipa millionaires. You might have even heard of some of them. Segunda Katigbak, famous love of Jose Rizal, came from a family that had coffee to thank for their fortunes. Teodoro M. Kalao, the famous writer and historian, hailed from Lipa and he wrote about his childhood home's time of prosperity like this. Those were the days of prosperity for Lipa. People everywhere talked of its very rich aristocracy, its handsome carriages drawn by huge horses, the senoritos dressed in the style of the day in shirts spangled with sequins that glittered in the sun. Money was splurged on clothes, 
interior decor and pictures, on rare crystals and china ordered from Europe, on curtains of finest silk, on slender black chairs from Vienna, on exquisite table wines and foods, Lipa society sought to equal the halls and banquets of Madrid. We often hear about Filipinos under colonial rule as downtrodden and impoverished. But there were also Filipino millionaires, and they had coffee to thank for their fortunes. We have an opportunity now to repeat something good that happened in our history. We have a chance to do it again, and do it better this time. So the next time you drink coffee, don't just gulp it down. Think of the rich history in every cup. I don't know about you, but that makes every cup taste that much better. Class dismissed! Subscribe to the WhatsApp Araling Panlipunan Rebooted Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. If this episode got you craving your first or third coffee for the day, share a cup and this podcast with a friend. How do you take your coffee? Black, flat white, or three-in-one? Di kami judgy. Let us know. Tag us on Twitter at History Rebooted, on Facebook.com slash History Rebooted, and on Instagram at History.Rebooted. Once again, I'm Siege Tantenko, Puma Podcast. I'm on social media at Siege The Day. That's C-E-E-J The Day because I think you should seize the day and I like puns. And I'm Sab Schnabel, Puma Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Sabrina Schnabel. That's S-C-H-N-A-B-E-L. Sounds like table. This episode of What's Up, Araling Panlipunan Rebooted was produced by Nina Turalba and edited by Joe Salcedo. Art by Trix Casillian. 